What's up, church? How you guys doing this Mother's Day? All right, good, good. I want to say thank you on behalf of all those kids out there and dads out there. Moms, we appreciate you and all that you do. And we know that uh, probably half the mornings when you wake up, you're getting prepared and gearing up for a battle, okay? Um, which is interesting because it's kind of what we've been talking about over the last few weeks as we've been in our series called Winning the Battle for Your Mind. Um, what we've been doing is uh, we've been talking about that as Christians, the Bible tells us super clear that as, if you're a Christian in here, meaning at some point in your life you have given your life over to Jesus, you made that decision to do that, that we are at war. And it's a really, really big deal. We are at war in our minds. And so over the last couple of weeks, in an unemotional way, all right, trying to detach from our emotions, and uh, we've been looking at um, taking a look at the situation. Right, surveying the battlefield, seeing what's going on. We've been talking strategy, and hopefully we've been all choosing to fight. Um, we've been, kind of this whole series is revolved around the idea of um, cognitive behavior psychology, which uh, tells us that many of our mental issues that we all deal with, all right, some to varying degrees, obviously, are actually related to wrong thought processes within our minds, and uh, which then changes the chemistry of our brains, which then determines how we feel, which then determines what we do. And so science tells us that many of our issues, eating disorders, uh, depression, anxiety, addictions, anger, negative thoughts, are actually a direct result of wrong thinking within our minds, which is exactly what God says. All right, Proverbs uh, tells us that for as he thinks, so he is. All right, by the way, that's a great verse for you to memorize. All right, just throwing that out there. All right, it's a warning to us. For as he thinks, or moms, as she thinks, right, so she is. We are what we think is what God tells us. And that's why the things that we think about are so important. And so we've looked at the idea that God has given us the ability uh, to um, to identify what thoughts and what lies in our minds that shouldn't be there, because that's what the enemy does, right? We have an enemy that's always planting thoughts and, and, and lies within our minds that shouldn't be there. And so we have the ability to figure out and identify which thoughts shouldn't be in their minds. And the enemy just doesn't throw them in, right? And just like, oh man, I hope that thought, I hope that lie like really messes them up. The enemy builds a wall around it, Paul says, and, and defends it. And so we got to go in, we got to demolish those walls, we got to drag that thought out, we take that thought captive, and then we force it to obey Jesus. That's how we treat negative thoughts. That's how we treat depressed thoughts. That's how we treat angry thoughts. That's how we treat irrational thoughts. And that's how we treat anxious thoughts, which, in my opinion, all right, might be one of the biggest issues that Christians deal with in our current culture, in our current society that we live in today. It's anxiety, it's worry, and it's stress. Um, in fact, the U.S. Uh, is the most anxious nation on the planet. Don't you find that weird? Isn't that weird? Right, the United States, most anxious nation on the planet, even though we're one of the most wealthiest nations on the planet, even though we're probably the most comfortable nation on the planet when it comes to lifestyle, and it's not getting any better, right? It's getting worse. Uh, in a recent Gallup poll, it tells us that 60% of U.S. adults feel anxiety on a daily ba basis, feel worry and anxiety every day. That means over half the people in this room Right? Maybe, you know, even today, it's extremely difficult for you to listen and for you to pay attention to what's going on because you have all these other things going on in your minds that you're freaking out about. And so it's just hard to do. And, uh, and so the reality is that anxiety is a really, really, really big deal. 
whether you're a Christian, whether you're not a Christian, it's a really, really big deal, and it's terrible for you, right? It sexually poisons your mental health. It poisons your physical health. It can kill you, right? And even more important than that, it poisons your spiritual health. And so you cannot have a strong relationship with God if you're anxious and worried about all these little things that are going on in your life. You know why? Because God doesn't have your focus. All those little things, that's what has your focus. And so some of you guys, I don't know how you wake up in the morning. Um, maybe you wake up and you're like, oh, great, what a great day. I can't wait. It's a perfect opportunity for me to praise God today. And I'm going to worship God all day. And that's, you know, God, you know, maybe you're like one of those people. And you're like, maybe you're like a mom like that. You're like, oh, kids, I can't wait for kids. Maybe I should have like four or five more. That would be so awesome. All right, I just love these kids so much. Bring them on, right? Instead, you're hiding in the corner. Um, but uh, maybe that's you. But for the rest of us, by the way, um, we don't wake up like that. In fact, we hate people like you. And uh, that's just the honest truth. And we wake up with stress, anxiety, and worries going on in our life. And a lot of times when we wake up, it's like on the forefront of our mind. And so really our mind is kind of like a tank. This is a heavy blanket, right? Our mind's kind of like a tank. And so we can fill our mind with all this stuff. And that's exactly what we do. We fill our mind with all these things that, uh, that makes us anxious. So we got like job issues uh, that we're dealing with. You know, am I going to get that promotion? My boss is driving me crazy. All right, what do I do about that employee? They're getting on my nerves. Um, we, got, we got stuff going on at home. What about my marriage? What about my, my kids? All right, actually kids, we should just dump a whole bunch. We got, we got sports problems. We can't get along with their coach. They're not getting good grades. They're hanging out with bad friends. All right, what do I do with that friend and that friend? And what about their girlfriend? Oh boy, I don't like them. You know, they're getting into stuff that they shouldn't be getting into. Um, we got all that stuff. We got stuff going on, you know, just all throughout our life. The finances, uh, the car's breaking down. What about the, our 401K? What about our retirement? What about, we just have all this stuff going on in our life. And what we end up doing is, is it's all kind of rises to the surface. And as soon as we wake up, it all hits, right? And we think about all this stuff and we have all these things going on. And so what we end up doing is we try to suppress it. We try to collect it all, and we try to push it down as far as we can. And it's hard. You know why? Because it always wants to come back up to the surface. So we push it down, and we go throughout our life, and we, we have to get ready for work. So we can't, like, hold them all up there. They can't have them all at the surface of our life. And so we go to work, and we have fun. You know, it fun, right? And, uh, and we see people, and people are like, oh, how are you doing? You're like, I'm doing great. I'm doing really good. Don't, uh, don't mind me. You know, life's so good. It's awesome. God bless you. You know, I'm a Christian. That's what we do. We listen to our Christian music as we're going to work while we're trying to suppress all this stuff down and everything keeps wanting to come to the surface. And it's a mess, all right? In fact, we aren't good at doing that. It doesn't really work out for our life. See, anxiety, worry, and stress, it has to be dealt with, all right? We can't just keep suppressing it for indefinitely, it's a big deal, and it's such a big deal that Jesus, all right, directly addresses worry and anxiety in our life. And what I like about what Jesus has to say is Jesus doesn't beat around the bush, okay? All right, Jesus doesn't, like, try to make it easy for us or anything like that. He also doesn't take away all our problems. Have you noticed that? Wouldn't that be so awesome if it's like, hey, God, I got this situation going on at work. Could you just take care of it? And he's like, oh, I didn't realize that. I'm so sorry. All right, fixed, done. Like, wouldn't that be nice? That's just not how it works. And, uh, and so Jesus, he has the ability to do that, but he doesn't do that. 
In fact, one time, a crowd formed around Jesus, and Jesus walked up to the top of this hill, sat down in the grass, and began to teach. And he begins by addressing money and stuff, which is interesting to me. And he says something profound here. He says, no one can serve two masters. It's like, just so you guys know, you're tipping church. No one can serve two masters, since either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. He says, you cannot serve both God and money. And so what Jesus is trying to get us to understand, he uses money as an example, because money is probably the thing that we chase after the most. Money and stuff and prestige. What he's saying is, hey, you need to watch what you're devoted to. Okay, this is super important, like like it matters. See, what, think about that just for a second. What do you spend most of your time doing? What do you spend most of your time working for? All right, what do you spend most of your time thinking about? Whatever things just popped into your mind, all right, those are the things that you are devoted to. Okay, that's it. That's what Jesus put that in place of money And that's it. And actually, if you boil it down, it probably is money. And so what I found out is that the things that worry us, the things that give us anxiety in our life are the same things that we have chosen to be the most devoted to. Now, um, so let me, like, say this. It's not that I don't care about you or, you know, anything like that. But I'll be honest with you. I've never had anxiety or I've never been anxious about your job. Okay? You know why? Because I'm not devoted to your job. Like, I hope it's good for you. I hope you're doing a good job and stuff. But, but I, I don't wake up in the middle of the night going, oh, no, what about the job? I hope they're doing okay. I thought, you know, like, I just, I just don't do that. Okay? I've, uh, I've, I've never had anxiety about your retirement. I hope it works out. <laughs> you know, I hope you get to do all the things that you want to do and you have enough money piled away that, that you could do all those things. But I've never, I, I don't have anxiety about, about your retirement because I'm not devoted to your retirement. Like, I've never had anxiety about your dog, okay? I know some of that, some of you guys, that really hurts your feelings, okay? I prayed for some of your dogs, but I've never had anxiety about your dog, all right? Um, so you guys write the dog thing on your, you know, like, my dog's hurting, okay, I'll pray for it, but, you know, it might die, I don't know. And I don't even feel bad about it. It's just like, they die, it's, okay, okay? Um, like, I never have anxiety about your dog. I've never had anxiety about your weight. I've never had anxiety about the way that you look. Like, I just don't, I just don't care. Like, I'm not trying to be a jerk or anything, but I'm just saying, like, I'm not devoted to those things. And so whatever we're devoted to in life, those tend to be the things that we have anxiety about. That's just how it works. And so my question is, what if you shifted your devotion? What would happen to your anxiety? What would happen to your worry? What would that do to this, do to that things? Like, what if you shifted your devotion to things that actually are worthy of your devotion? What would happen to all the anxiety around those things? And so this is what Jesus is going to point out. This is what he says. He says, therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life. Now, before we get into any word games, let me just throw this out there. The word for worry, because some of you guys will be sitting here saying, well, I, I uh, struggle with stress or I struggle with anxiety. And Jesus, he's talking about worry. Interchangeable, okay, for what Jesus, the same word. Some translations say, don't be anxious about your life. It's the same word, whether it's worry or anxiety. Jesus is talking about them both. He's saying, hey, don't worry about the things that you worry about. He says, don't be anxious 
about the things that you have anxiety about. That means, okay, and I'm just thinking logically here, and I know this is going to rub people the wrong way, but that means that when we are anxious about things, and when we worry about things, because Jesus has told us not to, when we do it, it has to be sin. Now that bothers some of us. By the way, Jesus said it, not me. Don't email me, email Jesus, okay? You can talk to him about it all you want. In fact, I encourage you to do that. Um, but, uh, but I know what some of you guys are thinking. Some of you guys, you, like, because I've talked to so many people about this. We do counseling, and, you know, there's just, this comes up all the time. But we don't like calling the things that we struggle with sin, which I don't understand. Because it's like, duh, we all sin all the time. We're always struggling with sin. I don't get why, why it's so hard for us to admit that this particular thing, because it's emotions and we got all this stuff wrapped up in, in, in it, is sin. You know, I, you know, I hear this a lot. Some people are like, no, well, no, I have anxiety, but that's, it's a chemical thing, okay? So it's, not, so it's not sin. I'm like, duh, all anxiety is a chemical thing, right? All worry is a chemical thing. Thing, all right, the more we train, we, this is what we've been talking about, the more that we train our brain to think that way, the, the more we train our brain, the more we think anxiously, is the more we train our brain to think to be anxious, all right, it becomes our brain's default mode, all right, it makes those neural pathways super strong, we've talked about this over the last few weeks, you can go back and listen to it, where uh, it, our brain automatically shifts that way, it, form, it becomes a habit, and I get it, I think sometimes we have these anxious thoughts that kind of enter our mind, and, uh, and we entertain those things, and we go down that rabbit hole, and I totally understand it is so hard to climb your way out. That's why it's so important that we don't entertain those thoughts in the first place, because it's a trap for us. We have an enemy that's coming after us. See, rationalizing, saying, well, my situation is different, that's what we do with all types of sin. Right? We do that all the time. And that ain't helping you win at all. See, Jesus doesn't want you to live a life as a victim to your anxious thoughts. He wants you to master them, and he promises to help. Now, does that mean we should never have an anxious thought that kind of enters our mind? No, that's not necessarily what Jesus is saying. Um, what the enemy we know kind of gives us those thoughts, the enemy um, allows these lies to enter our mind. What Jesus is saying, when those thoughts enter your mind, remember we've talked about builds up a stronghold around those thoughts. It defends those thoughts. All right, when those thoughts enter your mind, he's saying do not entertain those thoughts. Remember what you gotta do? You gotta go in, you gotta demolish those walls, you gotta capture that thought, you gotta drag it out by the neck and you gotta force it to obey. All right, that's what we are to do. He's saying you don't have to be anxious about anything. Like what you will eat, or what you're going to drink, or about, what, about your body, or what you will wear. See, Jesus, he's addressing the things that the people, that his, that his crowd that's listening, he's addressing the things that 2,000 years ago his audience spent time worrying about. Like, they didn't always know where they were going to get their next meal from, right? They didn't, um, you know, they were worried about their body. There's diseases or sickness that was running rampant through that area, which, by the way, we still worry about this type of stuff today. We still have anxiety about our health today, all right? Clothes back then were expensive. It was a really, really, really big deal for them. And so if Jesus were specifically talking to us today, he would use examples that we're anxious about, right? Like, don't be anxious about your job 
or don't be anxious about your finances, or don't be anxious about your kids, or don't be anxious about your 401k, or don't be anxious about being single for now. It's okay. Don't be anxious about politics, or the world, or your health, or the way that you look. Don't be anxious about any of that. He's saying don't be anxious about your life. Okay, Jesus. So you're saying those things just aren't important? Like those things just aren't that big of a deal? No, that's not what he's saying. He's not saying your job's not important and the kids aren't important your family and relationships aren't important. It's not what he's saying. His point is all those things are very important and there is uncertainty related to each and every one of those things. We all know that well, you know, all too well. And it's not always going to work out the way that we want it to, unfortunately. But you still don't have to worry about it. Just because you don't know how it's going to turn out doesn't mean you got to spend your time thinking about it and dwelling about it and, and being anxious about it 24-7. See, there is a way to face uncertainty tomorrow but not be anxious about it today. Okay, some of you guys, you need to hear that. There is a way to face the uncertainty tomorrow without being anxious about it today. See, he's dialing us into Jesus. He's so... I mean, he's so clever when he does. He's dialing us into how anxiety works in our life. He's saying, you need to be careful what you value or what value you give certain things in your life. Because the more value and the more worth you assign to specific things, the more fear, the more worry, the more anxiety will rule and reign around those things. And so if you hold too tightly to something that you shouldn't hold too tightly to, worry and anxiety are going to be a part of your life. It's just how it works. And so Jesus, he asked them. He says, isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Right? Isn't life more than those things? See, Jesus, he's trying to pull us out of our hyper-focused thinking. He's trying to pull us out. He's trying to get us to look at the big picture. Again, in an unemotional way, he's saying, hey, take a look at the situation. All right, think about, let's survey the battlefield together. And he asked the logical question here. All right, he says, isn't life more than what you wear? In which case, if we were in the crowd, we'd be like, yeah. Or isn't life more than the way that you look? Yeah. Isn't life more than sickness? Well, it's important, right? It, no. Isn't life more than that? Yeah. You know, Jesus said, isn't life more, than, more important than, or isn't life more than how much money you make? Isn't life more important than your retirement? Isn't life more important than your job? In which case, we'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Jesus' point is, if life is more than your job, then why would you give so much time being anxious about it? Why? Remember, if we're ever Christian, we have the ability to control our minds. We have the ability to control our thoughts. And everybody in the crowd, including us sitting here today, they're like, okay, yeah, I get it. I get what he's saying. Easier said than done, right? Like, like it just doesn't go away like that. It's not like we could just flip a switch, that'd be so much nicer. Like, why couldn't God have just made it that, that easy? Why, why, does he, why, why not? It's not like Jesus is saying, hey, guys, like to the crowd, hey, don't be anxious. I don't want to hear you guys being anxious anymore. And they're all like, oh, oh, we, don't, we shouldn't be, okay, I, I didn't know that. All right, th thanks, all right, done. I'll never do that again. I'll make sure of that. You know, that's not how it works. Like, it's hard. It's the battle that's going on in our minds. And it's not something that just goes away. It could get easier, but it never goes away. And I think Jesus, as he's sitting there in the grass, I bet he could read the faces off the crowd in front of him, so he shifts gears. He's like, all right, let, all right, think of it this way. He says, consider the birds. 
right? Have you ever considered the birds? We've talked about this here before. He says they don't sow or reap or gather into barns. They don't do any of that. They don't plant, all right? They don't, they don't harvest, all right? Uh, just, just think about the birds. And you know, people are sitting there going like, what, birds? Are you kidding me? Like, I don't got time to be looking at the birds. Like, I need a job. I need to figure out my financial problem. I, my husband wants a divorce. My marriage is falling apart. I got bigger things going on in life, Jesus. And Jesus is just like, hold on, hold on, okay, focus here. All right, think about the birds, right? They don't harvest, right? They don't, they don't plant. They don't have to do any of that. They don't have a 401K. They don't have a college education. Right? They don't protect their kids from every little thing so that their kids poss- won't ever possibly get hurt. Right? They don't do that. In fact, birds, they do the opposite. They, like, kick their kids out of the nest early and, like, see ya. Yeah, that's what they do. All right? Birds. Okay? Some of you moms, you cannot wait till that day. Right? 18. You know, you're ready for it. Um, see, the birds of the air, they don't even try. They don't know why they do what they do. They have no idea what's going on. They have no plans. They have no schedule. And think about it. Us, we're out there trying. Like as hard as we possibly can. We're out there grinding. We're out there trying to make our plans work. Birds, they just go with the flow. They just follow their instinct. He says, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Then he asks another question. He's like, aren't, aren't you worth more than a bird? Like aren't you worth more? Like think about birds. Birds are everywhere. Right? Birds just aren't like, worth that much. Like I've never hit a bird with my car and be like, Oh, man, all right, the world is a little dimmer today. We just lost a bird, you know? Like, I've never done that. I've never met anybody that does it. And I totally know there's bird people out there. Some of you guys, you love birds. You watch the birds. You feed the birds. You have all, you know, you're all about the birds. Uh, maybe you got some prize bird. I don't know. I was talking with Forrest, um, Pastor Forrest, who's at our Fremont campus this week, and he has an Airbnb. And he was telling me that some people came and stayed in, their, stayed in his place that were coming to they're bird watchers, all right, this past week. They're coming to watch birds, which sounds like the most boring thing. Like, you know, your life must stink. I, I shouldn't even say that <laughs> because I know we got bird watchers in here. But I don't understand it. I try to understand. I just don't. And so you can go, you can go anywhere and see a bird. Anyway, so these people, they come to Ohio. They're from, like, out of state. They come to Ohio to look at the birds. And they were looking at warblers. All right, I don't even know what that, if I, I might not even be saying that right, like a, a warbler, right? Yeah, I don't know. Okay, yeah, smooth. Um, and so they're looking at warblers, and so Forrest is like, so how'd your, did you see your warblers? You know, and they're like, yeah, we saw a bunch of warblers, but they're like, they're like bummed out. And he's like, okay, well, that's good, right? And they're like, we only saw three of the 25 species in Ohio, you know? Like, you bird people are a different breed, right? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Super bummed out about that. Okay, he's not talking about some prized bird or a warb. I don't even know what that is. Um, what Jesus is doing, picture this in your minds. He's sitting on the hill in the grass, and he looks up, and he's just like, picture the birds. You guys see those birds? And they're all like, oh, yeah, I see that bird. Oh, yeah, there's a bird, a couple birds over there. I see those birds. He's like, they just fly around, and they eat and have babies and die. Like, that's, that's their whole life right there. And, like, nobody thinks so much about them. They're really not that important. Right? And Jesus saying, and God takes care of them. Isn't that weird? Like such an unimportant little thing. God takes care of it. And he's saying, do you believe that God values more than the birds? And I know that some of you guys, you're sitting here today, like, like think about this. Do you think that God values more than birds? And I know, again, some of you guys, you're like, I don't even know if I know enough Bible to answer that super deep theological question. Like, I'm just not there yet. I'm still learning. Um, he does. Okay? You're worth more than a bird to him. 
All right, just to make sure this locks in, because some of you guys, I don't, I'm not feeling it this morning. You guys are like, huh, what? All right, turn, when I count to three, turn to someone next to you or around you and just say, I'm better than a bird. Okay, one, two, three. Okay, you are. Yeah, you may not be better than the person next to you, but you are better than a bird. I can promise you. I can promise you that. See, God values us, man. He cares about you. He looks at you and he says, that person has worth to me. He looks at you and says, man, I care about that person. That person is valuable to me. And Jesus, he's like, don't you guys understand? God is the one who takes care of you. You guys would have nothing if it wasn't for God. And then he says, besides, can any of you add one moment to your life by, by being anxious or by worrying? Does that, make you, does that help anything? No. In fact, it can shorten your life. It's not good for us. It's terrible for us. See, we weren't meant, we weren't built to walk through life being anxious all the time. Our bodies weren't made for that. It's like Jesus is kind of like, hey, let's get all on the same page here. He says, does worrying about paying the bills get the bill paid? No. All right, does being anxious about your marriage or some relationship, does that fix your marriage? No. All right, does being anxious about being single, does that get you a spouse? No, not at all. In fact, it might actually lower your chances because you try too hard and you're awkward now, you know, because you're anxious about it all the time. You've got to find somebody, all right? He's saying you can't add more time. It doesn't help you. It only hurts you. He says, and then why do you worry or why are you anxious about your clothes? Observe how the wildflowers in the field grow. They don't labor, spin thread. They don't clothe themselves. No, God does that. He says, yeah, I tell you that not even Solomon, he's pointing back to, to probably the, the richest, the height of the, of the Israel nation, and King Solomon. He says, Solomon in all his splendor was, adorned, was not adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which, doesn't, which isn't worth anything, it's like it's here today and just thrown into the furnace tomorrow. He says, won't he do much more for you, you of little Faith. See, what Jesus is doing here is he's, tire, he's tying our anxious thoughts and our worry to our faith in him. Did you catch that? You see that there? He ties that into our faith. See, when we are anxious, what we're actually saying is that you, we don't trust God in whatever area we're anxious about, okay? So if we're anxious about our looks, what we're saying is, all right, instead, we, we push it down, and sometimes we think about it, and sometimes, you know, it's just always there. What we're saying is, all right, I don't trust God with my looks, all right? If it's, if it's where you live, it's like, I don't trust God where I live. Or, or if you're financial issues, I don't trust God with my financial issues. Or, or your job, I don't trust God with my, with my job. Whatever it may be, your kids, all right, that's huge. All right, you're saying, I don't trust God with my kids. You got to try to manage it. It doesn't work, right? We, it's just stuff we have no control in. In fact, what you're anxious about reveals where you trust God the least. And if you think about it, as a Christian, it doesn't even make sense worrying. I mean, think about it, right, logically. If we're a Christian, we are trusting God with our eternity. Kind of a big deal, right? Right? Okay, it's a big deal to me. You guys, you know, that's how you want to play it. Good luck. <laughs> it's a big deal. You're trusting in God that you won't go to hell for eternity because what Jesus did on that cross 2,000 years ago actually counted for you. 
That's what you're trusting God in, okay? And so if you're a Christian, you're trusting in God with your eternity, but just not Tuesday, <laughs> right? That don't make no sense. That makes no sense. And Jesus, he's trying to get us to understand. He says, you guys got a little faith. He says, so don't worry or don't be anxious saying, what are we going to eat? Or what are we going to drink? Or what are we going to wear? Oh, no. He says, don't do that. For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. Right? The Gentiles, these were just, um, this is like non-God-following um, people. And he says, and your heavenly father, he knows what you need. He knows that you need them. Meaning, he's saying, God's got you. He knows. He might not give you everything that you desire. Okay, in fact, I can promise you that he won't. <laughs> All right? But he knows what you need, and he genuinely cares. And so now what Jesus is going to do is he comes to the solution. Like he's already made fun of us a whole bunch, right? Right? He's already said, you're not as smart as bird. You don't have as much faith as a flower, right? You're as bad as the Gentiles or as the pagans, right? And you are all just a bunch of little faith people. So that's what he's already said to us. And he says, but this is what I want you to do, all right? Here's the solution. This is the secret to conquering this. He says, you need to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He's, he's, he's saying, hey, the first thing on your mind when you wake up in the morning is not all these things and all these worries in your life. He's saying, no, the first thing that you wake up thinking about in the morning is, is Jesus and his kingdom and the stuff that he wants you to do. He's saying, we're thinking about our life all wrong. We're looking through our life through the wrong lens. He's saying, you got to put God first. Remember, the question, it goes back to what he had said just a few minutes before. What are you devoted to? What are those things in life that you're most devoted to? Those are the things, again, that you're usually anxious about. He's saying you got to seek that. you got to look for that. By the way, notice this word seek. you got to seek first. It's not something that just happens naturally. <laughs> we got to work. All right? It takes effort on our part to make this stuff happen. He's saying you got to put God first. It's interesting. Right before he talks about this stuff, he teaches us how to pray. Right? And some of you guys are Catholic. Right? You totally know the Lord's Prayer frontwards and backwards and all the ways you could possibly know it. Um, but Jesus, he, he gives the Lord, Lord's Prayer, which isn't something we're supposed to pray, by the way. It's something that uh, he's teaching us how to pray. He's saying pray kind of like this. And remember how that goes, right? Remember the one part is he says, um, we're, supposed, we're not supposed to say, he says, you got to pray something like this. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What he's saying is, and what he said in this whole conversation is he's saying, hey, we need to put God first, meaning we need to think when we wake up in the morning, your kingdom before my kingdom. Your will before my will. God, your agenda before my agenda. And some of you guys, I know what you're thinking. Some of you guys, you're like, okay, well, that's it. Like, put God first. Like, that's going to fix all my problems in my life. Like, I got real world problems, man. I got things going on. That's, 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 that's not going to fix it. And my question to you is, before you knock it, all right, how's your way, how's your solution doing? All right? Is that working for you? It doesn't work. See, he's saying all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't be anxious about tomorrow. Don't. He tells us not to. Because tomorrow will be anxious about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. See, we are not built to be anxious. That's not what God wants for us, and we have to deal with those thoughts in our minds. Suppressing it doesn't help. They're still there, and it just gets added to 
and attitude and attitude. In fact, one time Paul writes in Philippians chapter 4, Paul tells us, don't be anxious about anything. By the way, if um, those things that you're anxious about fall in the anything category, <laughs> all right, this applies to you, all right? Just throwing that out there. He says, but in everything by prayer and pleading with thanksgiving. He says, let your request be known to God. It's this idea almost that our requests are trying to get out. It's actually passive. It's like our requests are trying to get out, but we like keep them locked in. He's like, no, let them out, right? Get them out of there. You give those things to God. And so instead, he's saying, you, instead of being thinking about it, instead of being anxious about all these different areas in our life and all these different things that are happening to us that we don't want happening to us, he's saying, actually present that to God, knowing that he knows what's best. In fact, Peter, who knows all about this stuff, he says, you need to think about this, cast all your anxiety on him. Right? This word cast is the idea that, hey, we got all these things in our mind and we're shoving them down because it's like, suppress it, don't worry about it, don't deal with it. He's like, no, no, let them rise to the surface and then get them out of here. He's like, you just cast it. You get it out. He's like, it's this idea that we throw it. Yeah, I don't want to hit anybody. He's like, you throw it away, you know. Hit my kid. There we go. <laughs> He's like, you throw these things away so you're not dealing with it. All right, you give them to God. You throw it at them. And so they're not stuck in here anymore. Get them out of your mind. See, we got to shift our devotion. All right, we got to shift those things that we care about the most. we got to focus on eternal things, all right, his kingdom first, his will first, his agenda first, and not the temporary stuff that's all within our stuff, all the things that we worry about, all the things that we are anxious about, his stuff first. And God gives us permission to be aggressive about it. Take them out. Control your thoughts. Grab those thoughts Teach it to obey. Don't suppress it. Don't push it off and deal with it later. It has to be dealt with. Right? They will always be fighting you to come to the surface of your mind unless you deal with it. You can pull those things out. He's saying, give them to God. That's how you beat anxiety. And is it easy? No. <laughs> I wish it was, man. All right, I deal with stuff as well. Man, I wish we could just I wish we could just erase it and be done and move forward. It's not like that. All right, it will always be a battle on this side of death, unfortunately. But fortunately, God's promise, God has told us that we can win. We don't have to struggle. We don't have to fight. It'll get easier and easier and easier as we continue that struggle. But we got to do something. Let's pray. God, we thank you for everything that you've given us. Lord, thank you for these words. And it's hard, man. This is so hard for us sometimes. And, and we struggle and, and we give in and we allow these thoughts to take control of our minds. And, we allow, and, and then we push back a little bit. Sometimes it goes so far that it's like we don't know how we're going to get out. And I know there's people in this room right now who are thinking that exact same way. I can't get out of this, which is a lie planted by the enemy. And God, we ask that you would help us demolish those walls, help us drag those, taking those thoughts captive, and then help us to force them to obey you. It's the only way we can find peace in this life. Doing whatever we've been doing for however long we've been doing it is not helping. And God, we thank you for everything that you've given us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We will see you guys.